Welcome to Aunt Blanche's Story Corner. You may remember that in the first adventure of the Rainbow Cat, he went to visit his friends, the Cloud Folk, who were having a big celebration party, and he saves his celebration by calming the Thunder Giant so that the party can continue successfully. Then, in his second adventure, he decided to spend some time with the tree goblins. Once again, his help was needed, and he saved the day for the goblins by finding petals that were needed for the fairy queen's dancing slippers. In the third adventure of the Rainbow Cat, he frees some captured children and a kind giantess and banishes a wicked wizard, thereby freeing a friendly village from living in fear. Although he thoroughly enjoys opportunities to be of help to others, we find that even a magical cat can reach a point where he's ready to just return to his own home. But, of course, he finds one more gathering where he can be of help on his way back. In the fourth adventure of The Rainbow Cat by Rose Philemon. By this time, the Rainbow Cat was getting a little tired of traveling about and decided that he would go home and have a good rest after his many exertions. But on the way back, he had to pass through the ever-after country, and the people who lived there were most pressing in their request that he should spend a little time with them. The ever-after country is inhabited by all the fairy tale and nursery rhyme people who go to live there when their adventures are over. Cinderella and her prince have a beautiful castle there, where the glass slipper is kept on a red velvet cushion in a little gilt cabinet and shown to distinguished visitors. Cinderella never had another pair. She said they were very uncomfortable, and of course she was always afraid that one might tread on her toes. Her two disagreeable sisters have a little house of their own, They've taken to gardening and keep bees and chickens and are altogether immensely improved so that everybody is quite fond of them. They are rather sensitive about their past, and both of them are, alas, a little lame because you will remember they cut off pieces of their feet in order to make them smaller to fit into the glass slipper, which, of course, did not happen. Snow White, too, lives in a castle with her husband, the prince. The seven dwarfs have a fine carpenter shop on the estate, where they are kept very busy indeed. They make the most lovely little chairs and tables for Snow White's children, and do most of the work of that kind required by the dwellers in the ever-after land. Red Riding Hood and her grandmother have a pretty cottage, close to that of Cinderella's sisters. Red Riding Hood often runs in and has a chat with them, and they're very kind about sending in honey and eggs for the old lady. Of course, there are many, many more people. Jack the Giant Killer, who has grown rather fat and lazy, but loves to talk about all his great fights. Little Miss Muffet, who is still a bit afraid of spiders. Boy Blue, Mother Hubbard, Aladdin, it would take me all day to mention half of them, but they're all there, not one is missing. The Rainbow Cat stayed with Fatima, Bluebeard's last wife, who lives with the two brothers who saved her life by their valor. 
As usual, the rainbow cat was most kindly welcomed and was introduced to all the important people in the place. They're always delighted to see strangers, as sometimes they feel that things are a little dull after the exciting adventures that many of them had been through. On the third day after his arrival, he was invited to a great banquet at the palace of the Queen of Hearts. It was a most wonderful banquet. The rainbow cat wore his best bow, his dancing shoes, and the gold collar which the giantess had given him. He took his mandolin with him. It had been most useful to him on several occasions, and it seemed a pity to leave it behind. He met a number of his friends at the party, Puss in Boots, for instance, and the pussycat who went to London to visit the queen. Dick Whittington's cat was there, too, but he gave himself great airs. It seems it wasn't really quite certain whether he was a fairy tale cat at all. Some people thought he was real. It was silly of him to be so stuck up about it, but it only amused the rainbow cat. They were about halfway through the banquet when there was a slight pause. The meat course was finished, and everybody was waiting for the sweets. At that moment, a servant came quietly in and whispered to the queen. She became deadly pale and half rose in her seat. What's the matter, your majesty? said the rainbow cat, who sat in the place of honor at her right hand. He's done it again, said the queen in a low horrified whisper, sinking weakly down again into her chair. Who's done what? said the rainbow cat. The knave, he's stolen the tarts, said the queen with an agonized look. They're nowhere to be found. It's all my fault. He begged so hard to be taken on again, and I gave him another chance. So why did I trust him? Isn't there anything else? asked the rainbow cat. Nothing really, replied the queen. You see, they're very special tarts. I make them myself. Everyone thinks so much of them. What shall I do? Mm, don't worry, said the rainbow cat. Send round all the pastry cooks for anything they have ready, and meanwhile I'll sing a song to fill up the time. The queen was much relieved at this suggestion and gave orders that the messengers should be dispatched immediately to buy up all the available tarts in the place. Meanwhile, the master of ceremonies was bidden to announce that their distinguished visitor, the rainbow cat, had kindly promised to sing a song and wished to know whether the guest would like to hear it at this moment or later on. This was a very clever idea, for of course people were bound in politeness to say they wished to hear the song immediately. Thereupon the rainbow cat took his mandolin and prepared to sing, the whole company listening carefully to each verse of the story. They enjoyed it so much that they quite forgot that they hadn't quite finished the banquet. At least they almost forgot. Here is the song. The rhyme of the gnome with a scolding wife. 
once upon a time when guinea pigs had tails and people talked in rhyme and rivers ran on rails there lived a little gnome who'd such a scolding wife at last he ran away from home he couldn't stand the life she scolded all day long from morning until night and she was never wrong and he was never right oh she could bake and bile and she could clean and mend but since she scolded all the while he left her in the end he thought he'd found a way at last to be at peace but still to his dismay his troubles did not cease he didn't like his meals he wasn't washing right his socks were always out at heels his shirts a fearful sight by the end of the third verse the queen was looking very strained and anxious and the rainbow cat himself was beginning to feel rather nervous his song had only four verses and he wasn't at all sure that he'd be asked to uh, sing another one. He was afraid that people would remember their unfinished dinner as soon as he stopped. So he began the fourth verse very slowly. But before he got halfway through, he saw three servants standing between the curtains of the great doorway of the banqueting hall, with enormous golden dishes piled up with the most significant-looking tarts. My tarts, he heard the queen murmur in an excited voice, and then he knew that everything was well. So he finished his story song at a great pace, and the last chorus was sung with much enthusiasm, for the other guests had also seen the waiting tarts and were eager to begin on them. This is the last verse of his song. Assuredly, he thought, her temper is a curse, and yet it seems to me that this is rather worse. So home he went once more in philosophic mood, and though his wife still vexed him sore, he did enjoy his food. The song was very much belauded, and everyone then fell upon the tarts with an appetite which the slight delay had pleasantly renewed. It turned out afterwards that it was all a mistake about the knave. The head cook had put the tarts away on the top shelf of the larder for safety. But he was a poet as well as a cook. And just before the moment arrived when the tart should have been served up, a perfectly beautiful little verse came to his head, and he rushed off to a quiet spot to write it down. Quite confident that the undercook would be able to look after the rest of the banquet. And that's how it came about that suspicion fell upon the poor knave. For when the tarts could not be found, everyone naturally supposed that he had stolen them again. When the cook had written down his verse and made a few little improvements in it, he returned to the kitchen and found everything in an uproar because of the missing tarts. He arrived in the nick of time, for the messengers were returning almost empty-handed from the pastry cook shops. They had made very little pastry that day, because they knew that everyone would be at the banquet, and that they would have no sale for their wares. Of course, later on, 
The cook had to give an explanation of his carelessness, and he was removed from his position. But as his verses were even better than his dishes, he was made court poet instead, and he liked that much better, though he occasionally lent a hand in the kitchen when they were very busy. The queen was most grateful to the rainbow cat for his timely help, and every year on his birthday, she sent him a box of tarts made by her own hands especially for him. He stayed only a day or two in Ever Afterland after the banquet. Then he packed up his belongings, bade goodbye to all of his kind friends, and set off for home. However, he didn't leave before he had a chance to hear the queen apologize to the knave for thinking that he had stolen the tarts and to rejoice that he had indeed turned over a new leaf and was not going to be a thief anymore. The rainbow cat was glad to be back in his own little house and delighted all his friends with his account of his travels. But he had no intention of settling down forever, and I hope to be able some day to tell you more of the adventures that befell him upon his further journeyings. We'll just have to wait and see, won't we? I hope you'll join me again in Anne Blanche's Story Corner.